On today's episode of the Palmetto Family Matters podcast, we're getting into the medical marijuana issue. That's right. We're going to get deep into the weeds of this bill, S-150, that is being debated in the South Carolina Senate this week. Justin Hall, Mitch Prosser, Dave Wilson here with you. We have before us the 59-page bill. You can hear that. Very Rush Limbaugh-esque there. Yeah. Thank you, Dave. And I have in my hand the fiscal impact, which I read earlier this morning. I, I feel smarter and yet not so smart after reading through these things. I feel scared after reading. Yeah. You, know, you get a 59-page bill. Okay. Keep in mind, your average bill of a, of a law that we passed in South Carolina, maybe three, four, seven pages, maybe. But when you get to 59 pages, I feel kind of like I've got a Nancy Pelosi echo going through my head of, we'll have to see what's in it once we pass it. Well, some people, you might have it loosely, but some people put it in their binder. So medical marijuana is coming forward to the floor of the South Carolina Senate this week. It's, it's getting to debate now. It's being debated right now inside the chambers of the South Carolina Senate. Now, again, just a quick, quick civics lesson. If it passes in the Senate, it still has to go to the House, and the House will have to put it through committee, then put it to a vote. And just because the House passes it, doesn't mean the governor signs it, but there are some intricacies there too. So if the Senate passes it, is it the end of the world? Certainly not. Things can still happen. There's a lot left to go, but debate on this starting this week. I think what we're seeing, guys, is the rollout of the marijuana industrial complex. And ultimately, I think what this bill, S-150, is proving is that the Senate is working toward making sure that we set up a complex in South Carolina to ultimately make marijuana available in eventuality for recreational use. It's concerning because this Senate can't make the decisions for the next Senate. So while this Senate can only make decisions on this bill here and now, the question that we have to ask ourselves is what happens later? Well, here's the big issue when it comes to the physical. The commonality that I've seen across social media and when you talk to people is that, well, if this passes, it's another way to, you can tax it and we can make some money off of it. Well, Dave, I know the bill is 59 pages, but the fiscal impact report is seven pages. And what I'm noticing here is that DHEC, it, DHEC's going to be put in control of this thing. Which concerns a lot of senators yeah. right now because they're they're looking right now at what could possibly need to be done to break DHEC apart. That's been a conversation for a couple of years now as to how to how to how to shrink DHEC and how to give it less power. And now we're giving them an entirely new industrial complex, as as Mitch was just saying. Because what this really does is everything that you're talking about with this sets everything up for us to flip a switch. That's it. In two, four, six, eight, ten years. Whenever they want to. Whenever they want to, to be able to flip the switch. And now you have the entire strategic kind of infrastructure layout here to be able to go to a recreational use. Now, how likely is that to happen? Well, we've had medical marijuana passed in close to 40 states. Mm -hmm. There's about 18 of them have already switched over to fully recreational as well. Now, some of those states require it to go through a referendum. We don't have that feature in South Carolina. That is actually something that the General Assembly would have to do. But as we're seeing with this, 
if the popular opinion starts pushing in a particular direction, if you are not in favor of this and you're not speaking out, guess what? The vacuum has been filled by the other voices in the medical marijuana debate, and they are speaking very, very loudly. Justin, to be blunt, this fiscal impact report is not very favorable. No, it's not. DHEC indicates that this bill, this is straight from the fiscal impact. DHEC indicates that this bill will increase expenditures by $5,034,000 in the fiscal year 2022-2023. In, in year two, it will total $3,045,000 of recurring expenditures. DHEC indicates that revenue collected during the first year may be minimal. Minimal. Now, real quick, I just, I just want to put this out here. If year one and year two are minimal... I don't think that's going to drastically increase in three, four, and five, especially. And then you know what comes from that, Dave. Immediately, if you if the money's not there, oh well, we need to we need to get some revenue in here. What do you do? You flip the switch, right? And so you also have to keep there other factors that go into this because for certain people, you have to go through a background check. Well, going through a background check is going to start flagging you on certain systems. So if you are using marijuana the question is do you lose the right to have your gun if you are utilizing this are you violating some aspects of hipaa these are questions that have to be answered because the process for going through this is not very clear and we want to make that abundantly clear is that the, the, there's so many complexities in a 59-page bill, which in and of itself has a number of inconsistencies. Listen, we've been inundated with people commenting on our Facebook posts and videos about things that have no relation to this bill, about this bill, because we have oversimplified the debate. You, you mentioned that it, this might flag you on other things. This impacts other agencies inside of our state government sled indicates that they will need to establish a brand new laboratory mm -hmm. marijuana analysis unit if they establish the additional two units they need that's 78 full-time employees and they're going to have a total general fund expenditure increase of nearly 11 million dollars wow. in the next fiscal year well, so, and so let's talk about how do you deal with this when it comes to things like driving under the influence yep. okay so the only way to truly measure this is to is to either have a urinalysis which you know are you going to pull somebody over the side and have them no offense take a wee in a cup that's a whole other law you're breaking there you go and or they're going to have to train Law enforcement, okay, get ready for this. They're going to have to train law enforcement to do phlebotomy so they can draw blood and assess it on the side of the road. I, I'm just saying, guys, I don't know how in the world we're going to turn around and make this feasible in this state. So traffic stops become a nightmare. Uh, and, and that's the other thing that we're seeing. And, and you guys bring up this whole point of it, it affecting so many different areas. If this bill were to pass, there's a lot of confusion on whether or not it will generate revenue, whether there's a tax or there's not. If there, and, and then the other question that has to be asked with this is if it generates revenue, is that good for the state? Or a better question is, is that good for localities? As we've traveled across the state, the grassroots of our state, they many of them are concerned with this. Because this bill right now does not allow for any local taxation to go on top of yep. it. 
Correct. So your local municipalities, cities, towns will not benefit financially. They'll get zero out of it. They get zero. And real quick, Mitch, to your point, I just want to, I'm just going to put this out there. You run with it as the audience how you wish. This apparently, according to the bill, Dave, you have it in front of you, it was in front of me earlier, generates revenue. According to the Constitution of the state of South Carolina, legislation that generates revenue has to originate in the House. Right. The Senate cannot originate that sort of legislation. And when you have phrases in a bill that reads something like this, all sales of medical cannabis products are subject to a 6% sales tax at the point of sale. All revenue collected pursuant to the medical cannabis products tax must be placed in the fund. Now, here's the other interesting fact about this. If this is medicine, we're now taxing medicine. We <laughs> don't concerning. tax medication in the state of South Carolina. In the fiscal report, it says that that cannot be taxed, But that medicine cannot be taxed. Medicine cannot be taxed, and yet the bill states in here very clearly, all revenue collected to pursue, pursuant to the medical cannabis products tax must be placed in the fund, to which, okay, this reminds me of the song from the 70s, Some, nothing from nothing leaves nothing. You got to have something. You know, and and that that's just not going to be happening. There's so many holes. There, there's another big hole here, and this is to your point. We expect this is from Frank A. Rainwater, who put together this fiscal report. Right. We expect that all sales will be exempted from tax under these two exemptions that were previously written. These are all available, by the way, if you go to the Palmetto Family Council app and then you go inside the state house. You can look up this bill and read this report yourself, and we'll include a link. Therefore, we anticipate that there will be no sales tax revenue impact from the sale of cannabis products pursuant to this bill. In summary, the total revenue is undetermined. This bill, along with Section 1236.2120, exempts cannabis products sold by a dispensary to a cardholder from sales and use tax. Therefore, we anticipate there will be no revenue impact from the sale of cannabis products because it's not medicine. That's why 85% of the – you have to meet the threshold. There's going to be a cost to operate this this boondoggle. 85% of any revenue that is generated above the expenses, 85% goes back to the state general fund. 5% going to the University of South Carolina School of Medicine for research. 3% for research conducted. What's the difference? 3% to SLED. 2% to the Department of Education and 2% to local providers for purposes related to alcohol and drug abuse prevention, education, early intervention, and treatment services. So let's just let's let's back up the truck here real quick and let's talk about a few things. One, have there been some uses that have shown that there are studies that are out there that show that a use of cannabis is helpful in yes. certain situations? Yes. Yes, yes 100%. It has that there. We actually have a law on the books in South Carolina called a right to try, mm -hmm. right. which is when you have tried all other things, any FDA-approved tr clinical trial, which there are clinical trials that are out there that utilize marijuana, you can use that, and it goes through a proper channel through a physician and through a pharmacist to be able to get that for you right. without setting up the marijuana industrial complex in South Carolina. That 
is it taxed? Can it be taxed? Is it even constitutional if it's generated from the, the Senate? Much less the fact that let's just talk about how many people then have to be trained because moms and dads mm-hmm. at home, I want you to understand this. If you have a child who is utilizing medical marijuana and it has to be delivered to the school, every single mm. school nurse and nurse's office has to go through certain training and they have to have that medical marijuana locked down appropriately according to DHEC and SLED controls that would then have to be implemented within your school for that nurse to then be able to administer to a child that product. Now, you've got places in here where, okay, so let's talk about how you could use the marijuana here. You can have it in edibles, like brownies. You can turn around. You can gummies. have it in gummies, things like that. There, there have been plenty of places where we have seen that that has caused certain issues. Mm-hmm. You cannot smoke it. But you can vape it. But you can, you vape, can it. vape it. <laughs> Which is far worse. And here's the interesting part about that. The way the law is also written, you cannot, if you own a restaurant, you cannot say to someone, you can't vape your marijuana in my restaurant. You can you can say you can't vape in my restaurant, but if they tell you that it's marijuana, they have to be able to vape in your restaurant you, while you're there. Do you remember the days, this wasn't that long ago, I'm not that old. I remember the days where you would go into a restaurant and they mm-hmm. would say smoking, smoking or non-smoking smoking. section. Yeah, right. And you, there was no divider. <laughs> there was no separation, right? The smoke filled the restaurant anyway. I'm trying to imagine walking in. We were in Washington, yep, D.C., yes. leaving a dinner last Thursday night. <laughs> while, and you were the, while, while they were there for the March for Life. Yeah, we were grateful for the, that Proud Matter family could be there for that. While we were there for the March for Life. This was the night before the march. And we walk outside of the, <laughs> of the hotel, and it hits you. I got hit with the smell of marijuana before I got hit with the 25-degree temperature, if that makes any sense. Because they were there were guys... Literally right to my right. I'm looking. We're in our studio. I am looking at the door. They were that close to me. Yeah. Just, just, just having a grand old time. I'm trying to imagine walking into a restaurant with my wife and having to deal with that. Would you like skunk smell with your dinner? No. No. That's not what. We, and I don't know. You know, we're we're getting down in the weeds a little bit on this. Sure. And, uh, but but but, but to that's that important. Point, there's there's the point. Yeah. It's a 59 page. Yeah. bill that is so chock full of inconsistencies yep. that the question has got to be raised. Should this really go back? Because keep in mind, in this legislative session, they did not have subcommittee hearings on it. And the reason for that is this. Okay, this is the inside baseball sort of thing here. Mm-hmm. The previous legislative sessions have been having multiple hearings on medical marijuana. Okay. The chair of medical affairs, Danny Verdon out of Lawrence County, said, listen, we've had so many, so much testimony. There's, We've got a, a, a boatload of testimony. We don't need to do it again. Let's, let's just move the bill forward. It's made it through medical affairs. It's now going to the floor where it will be debated. I can tell you right now, there are a lot of questions that a lot mm-hmm. of senators are going to have that are going to then have to be answered because I know one senator in particular who has said, I'm ready to go through the document. 
section by section line by and line. ask whether or not this is constitutional because he said, you know, I, I took an oath to uphold the Constitution yes. of the United States and the state and the, of South Carolina. And the state of South Carolina and the rule of law matters. So Dave, as as people listen to this and Justin, they're probably thinking, man, Palmetto family sounds like they're really not that compassionate. It's, not, it's almost as that they don't care. My children need this kind of stuff. We have said all along, Dave, what, what three, three things? Three simple things. It needs to be approved by the FDA, prescribed by a doctor, and dispensed by a pharmacist. That's so simple. Every other medication you take does not have a whole new set of government-regulated bureaucracy that you have to create in order for it to be manufactured and distributed and prescribed we don't do that for other medications to come on to the market. No. We, no. But in this particular case, we're now having to set up grow grow areas. We're having to set up new dispensaries, not a pharmacy, a dispensary. Correct. Around 60 to 65 dispensaries, one for every county, plus you know distributed from there on. So you look at this and you got to start asking yourself the question, why do we have to set up something totally new and different on top of an existing doctor-pharmacy type of relationship that we already understand in the healthcare system in America. Well, what's interesting is the the results from this are, have come in from other states. Because, Mitch, you're right. At the end of the day, I don't think any of us are against the care. That's why I love when they name bills, right, the Compassionate Care Act, because that means that if you don't support the bill, you're not for compassionate care, and that's a joke. Um in 2000, Colorado passed a medical marijuana bill, right? In 2013, they legalized it for recreational purposes for anyone over the age of 21. By 2020, 66% of local jurisdiction banned medical and recreational marijuana businesses. Traffic deaths related to marijuana when the driver that comes back into toxicology had marijuana in their system. In 2013, it was 11.4%. In 2020, it was just a tick over 20%. The percent of suicides in which marijuana was present in toxicology reports in ages 20 and older, in 2009, it was 7%. In 2013, it was 14%. And in 2020, it was 29%. In 2019, marijuana was present in the toxicology report of 51% of those who committed suicide between the ages of 10 and 19 and toxicology reports were only taken for 62% of the total suicides. So so this is the place where it, it's very interesting when you bring up the whole discussion of, you know, this is a pathway or a gateway to other issues, opioid use and things like that. You get all sorts of gaslighting off of that one because when you bring that up, oh, well, that, that's, that's 50-year-old wives' tale almost. Well, here's the reality. The numbers don't lie. There are plenty of issues, and we are going to be bringing those voices of the people who have been victims, families who have had to go through the struggles. You're listening today, and I can guarantee you one family that you know that's part mm -hmm. of your church, part of your civic circle, part of your community that you are a part of, you have at least one person whose family has gone through the struggles of marijuana and the long-term impact that has had in their family, either from that extending beyond to other drug use, from accidents, from deaths, whatever that might be. 
I'm not saying, because we'll get the argument, marijuana doesn't cause deaths, okay? But the reality is it's it does impact. Overdose by opioids in 2009 in Colorado was 340. In 2013, it was 402. In 2020, it was 956. So in 11 years, that number tripled. And amazingly, that is exactly what we're seeing in South Carolina right now. And there is a real key issue that you've got to start asking yourself. Are we wanting to open the door up to create a marijuana industrial complex that builds on top of an existing system that we have that by a simple flip of a switch, a decision by half of the legislature plus one mm-hmm. to put into law recreational marijuana. There, Go ahead, Mitch. And, and the question that I think you have to ask here is this. If this is about compassionate care and the medicinal use of marijuana, then the question we have to ask ourselves is, is there not a better solution? Because South Carolinians are smart. They're well-equipped, and they understand the issues. They understand the nuance of the issues, and they understand, you understand, as you're listening to this right now, this is a mess, and we're just scratching the surface here. There is a better solution. And and to turn around and to say that the only solution is this 59-page bill that is in my not formerly nicotine stained hands <laughs> you know, to borrow from Russia on that. This 59 page bill is not the only solution. We're smart people. We have laws on the books now that say you can have a medical right to try. If you have exhausted every other option and there's a medical trial that's out there, it's used for cancer patients all the time. Right. Those laws are there. You can't say that this isn't going to be a possibility to provide truly compassionate care. So why are we getting into the weeds of this bill? It's pretty simple. It's it's going to be debated within the next week, two weeks. And it will be, as Dave mentioned earlier, it's going to be widely debated on the floor of the Senate. And you can follow along with that. Make sure you get in touch with your senator. Let them know how you, how you feel about this legislation. You can do that by going to the Palmetto Family Council app, getting inside the statehouse. You can find your legislator, your senator, your representative. And let them know your feelings, because I'm sure House members are going to be getting some notification about this, too, and some messages from their constituents about this. That is all the time we have for you on this edition of the Palmetto Family Matters podcast. Be sure to tune in on Friday for our weekly look at what's going on in the news around the state and around the country. And we'll get into some topical stuff as well. For Dave Wilson and Mitch Prosser, I'm Justin Hall. We'll talk to you on Friday.